So I left a message at nine o'clock, eight thirty in the morning, very early. Didn't hear back. So I called back at three in the afternoon. He answers and I said, Hey, I'm calling about such and such property. I have clients interested. We'd like to put an offer. I assume it's still available. And he said, Nope, got an offer last night. It's now sold conditional. I'm just waiting on the deposit. So I said, Well, why why wouldn't you have called me to tell me there was an offer that came in? Because I had shown it before that offer came in. And he literally said, It is not my job to call and text everybody and tell them there's an offer. Word for word. It is your fucking job, buddy. All right, here we go. Good morning and hello to episode 104 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I am Ariel Cremendi. I am Adrian Trott. Good to be here. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining in. Before we get into today's topic, thank you for listening. We appreciate your followership, your comments, and if you haven't done so, proper term? followership, sure, why not? All right. But on that note, if you're not following, please do. And if you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go and do that now. You can listen to this podcast anywhere you stream, and you can watch us on YouTube at ktconfidential.ca. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get notifications of any time we post a video. And we've got a lot of pretty cool content that's uh, being discussed right now. So over the next uh, few months, there's going to be lots of good stuff. Joanna, who recently joined our team and as our marketing manager now, has tons of fresh new ideas that we're going to be implementing. So uh, make sure you subscribe now. And being that everybody loves real estate. And a lot of people have a hobby of just browsing real estate, see what's going on in the market. If you have any questions, drop a comment. Let us know because we get a lot of DMs on Instagram, um, which we also often address on those platforms. Uh, but we'd also like to hear from you guys as to what questions you might have about real estate, buying, selling, renting, leasing, landlords, investments, whatever, staging, design. Drop in a comment and we'll address it on an upcoming podcast. So today we're actually going to be talking about an issue that you had last week um, with assisting a buyer in purchasing a property. Yes. Actually, I'm just going to, I'm just going to veer real quickly because this morning I am drinking a Starbucks. Hang on, just before you and say anything, is this going to be another shout out, turn not shout out? Speaking of which, those weighted blankets I was talking about in the last episode, uh, the new one came in from Hush Blankets. So maybe I should uh, talk about that in the next podcast after I give it about a week. And uh, I I'll, I'll, should have done an unboxing, really, because it's pretty awesome packaging that they included with it. But um, um, yeah, I've got some f- feedback for those of you that have any interest. Actually, if you do have interest in weighted blankets, I've done a ton of research. I now have owned three different kinds. Um, drop me a, a DM and I'm happy to chat about it. But this morning, I am drinking a flat white from Starbucks. Um, we all woke up a little grumpy today and I said, okay, uh, I think we need some some sugar, some sweetness, some some caffeine. Although I don't have any sugar in mind, but um, I said, screw it, gonna treat the family. Uh, I think I've had one Starbucks this year. Uh, 
Yeah. And, um, that was on the way to the cottage one day. And, um, as you know, my, my ritual to the cottage is usually stopping at McDonald's and getting a, uh, a McMuffin and, uh, or whatever it's called. Is, that what and, they- <laughs> uh, is it a called, called a McMuffin? I don't think so, but I egg, think they should. McMuffin. Bl- yeah. Oh, a, an egg McMuffin. I thought you meant a McMuffin, like a blueberry McMuffin. <laughs> Cause they do sell muffins now. Right. Those are just called muffins. No, I understand that. But a McMuffin is a right. muffin. You can have a sausage McMuffin. You no, can have a sausage egg McMuffin. Hmm, well, you can have a plain sausage McMuffin. No egg. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, so we did do a Starbucks stop. Um, it was actually the first time that we had any kind of takeout whatsoever because we've been super, super cautious. And this was back in uh, July. And since then, we haven't, uh, or I haven't, uh, had any Starbucks. So this is my second Starbucks of the year. It's a flat white, which I quite enjoy. Uh, but the reason I'm mentioning it is yesterday I started doing a recap of our family budget. And that's something that I've been spending a lot of time and attention on over the last couple of years with our business, you know, and, and variable, uh, incomes, variable expenses, fixed expenses, et cetera. Um, and it's something that I'm trying to really nail down for the family. And when I was working on it yesterday, I said, Holy smokes, how many of the tips that I took away from our money savings tip guide that have actually saved me a ton of money this year. Interesting. A ton of money. And takeout was right up there at the top of the list of where I cut back a lot of money. Obviously, with COVID um, and not feeling comfortable with takeout for the longest time, as you know, now, now I'll order the odd pizza and get it dropped at the door and um, reheat it when it comes in and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But still not ordering very much takeout. Whereas before, you know, once a week, maybe I would go and, and grab a pizza or order Swiss chalet or yeah, we were much the same at McDonald's or whatever. Right. But then you look at that over the week. Um, so you, you, you do one night of takeout, you do uh, a couple of coffees, um, So oftentimes we would go for a walk downtown Milton, stop somewhere, grab a coffee for our walk. And then of course the kids, you know, they want a cookie or a hot chocolate and you can't say no to that. Um, So, so there's another, like this morning was 26 bucks at Starbucks, right? You do that once a week, you're talking 1500 bucks a year. Yeah. Um, And then your your takeout once a week for a family of four, I don't know, that's 50, 60 bucks, right? Each time. And I think so it also results in eating healthier too. Oh, when, sure it does. When you avoid it, sure right? It does. So preserve preservatives, fat intake, sodium intake, sugar intake, all of those things. So, anyways, um, I was really surprised uh, when I was looking at it as to how much money I've actually been saving um, or spending elsewhere on on different types of things rather than just throwing throwing the money away and. Uh, so if you haven't downloaded the money savings tip guide, uh, click on the link in our Instagram bio and um, we'll include it in the description right there. Too. 
Yeah, we can include it in the description. The other thing that I'll 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 give it as a free giveaway in the podcast. So so here's a bonus for those of you who are listening and just a teaser of what you'll get in the money savings tip guide. I I bought the kids iPads early this year, pre-COVID. And within a few days, the screens were completely obliterated. Like they, they stomped on them or something, but they were totally ruined. And thankfully I got, um, Apple, care. Apple, uh, Apple care for them. So just a couple of weeks ago, uh, I took them to the Apple store and they ended up replacing them with brand new iPads, which is great. Um, but I didn't want the same thing to happen. And the cases that they had in the store were useless, right? Like they're soft cases, easily something that's going to ruin the iPads would get ruined again. So I hopped online when I got home uh, just a few days ago. And I went on to the OtterBox website. Without even thinking it, of it, I found their best cases that they had and they're not cheap they're 89.95 plus um plus taxes and that's us dollars so you're talking about 120 um delivered each i ordered three one for each of the boys and one for natalie so it came to 282 dollars and 33 cents i'm looking at the receipt right now Without even thinking of it, I clicked go to checkout. But then my Honey app popped up and said, you could have potential savings. Click here to find out, you know, or whatever the hell it says. Yeah. And I clicked on it and it found, you can't see it there, I don't think. No. But it found, um, it found, code, a, working, it found yeah. a working coupon code, which was SWAG10. And it saved me 10%. Nice. So it saved me $28.24 on that order. I wouldn't have thought about it. I didn't have the time. I just wanted to get it ordered, get it done. And I didn't even think about it. And it just popped up and it saved me 28 bucks. Boom, just like that. And for those that aren't um, familiar, so the, this publication we put out, because a lot of it stems from uh, clients and just chatting with people about the real estate industry and people saying houses are unaffordable and they could never buy a house. They're stuck renting. They can't save enough money to get a deposit or a down payment. Um, so we put together this catalog or what are we calling it? Guide. Guide. It's a, guide. Put together, it's a money savings tip. We guide. put together this guide with... And it's free. 37 tips on how to save or earn additional income with making very little impact on your current lifestyle. And I think well, your proof is in the pudding. So that's a great and example. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now where we're going to see and have already seen the price of... Um, utilities, the price of commodities and things going up to, you know, recoup lost, co uh, lost costs, lost income, lost revenue. Yep. Taxes um, are going to go up. 
everything's going to go up. Like you look at the cost of produce and meats, that's already gone up. Uh, insurance has gone up. Hydro has gone up. Everything's gone up. So anyways, uh, money savings tip guide, go to the link in our Instagram profile, click on there and you'll see the uh, free money savings tip guide um, link and you just go there, you enter your name and email address. It'll give you the automatic download. It's free. It's friggin' awesome. And that money that I saved on my order with Otterbox is what paid essentially for my Starbucks for the entire family this morning. So there you go. There's ways to, to splurge, uh, but to, um, to be cautious at the same time or, or be uh, mindful of your expenses at the well, same and, time. And apps Anyways. like that are a no-brainer because who wouldn't want a 10% return on their money? That's excellent. And that's essentially well, what you and, just did, and right? And that's not correct. And that's not the first time that it has saved me money. And many times it's more than 10%. Yeah. So, and with everybody ordering things online, why would you not want to have an app cross-checking everything for you to see if there's any active coupons that will save you money? That is today's way of uh, coupon clipping, right? That's the modern, modern way. So uh, that's just one of the 37 tips in the guide. Go there, download it now. On to, On to our topic. topic of conversation. Episode right. 104, KT Confidential. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. If you haven't already subscribed or followed in the last few minutes, please go and do so. And I will let you introduce the topic since you're the one that brought it up. So it started, so there was two circumstances. And unfortunately, they both, they both occurred with the same client I'm working with. So it was frustrating, even more so. It was compounded because it was twice with the same person. Um, so first example was we went to look at a house and they liked the house. So the next here's, day, by the way, here's the long, long explanation of the title of this podcast. What do you mean? It's sold. Right. What do you mean? It's sold an unfortunate frequent occurrence in our industry. So we went, looked at a house. That's, that's the subtitle right there. Yeah. <laughs> you can write a book. Uh, we went and looked at a house. Clients liked it. So I call the listing agent the next morning. Actually, this particular house was like a for sale by owner kind of brokerage. So I call the brokerage. They redirect me to the per person that's handling. I guess they do geographic areas they cover or something. So I left a message with them. They called me back. They actually called me back in a few hours. Like that's better than some people. So I was somewhat impressed with that. Um, but nevertheless, the guy calls me back and he says, Oh, the house sold conditionally. And I had no idea, not only that it was sold conditionally, but that there was an offer period. So generally speaking, what happens or our best practice, at least is as soon as an offer comes in on a property, um, first of all, our, our system that does all the appointment registrations automatically informs everyone that's been through. So everybody gets an email. On top of that, we call text and or email everybody to ensure they got the email and to ensure that they are aware that there's an offer because our job is to make sure that we get as much interest in a property to get the most ideal outcome 
for our client, which could be price, could be closing date, whatever. A combination of, of all of the above. Anyways, I was never informed. Um, the house was on the market for close to two months in a market where homes like that are selling very fast. So I imagine they had dozens and dozens of showings. So big miss. So my clients, unfortunately, were not able to buy it because we were not told about the offer. Anyways, fast forward a few days, found another house they were interested in. This one too was on the market for uh, nowhere near as long, but about three weeks, two to three weeks. Uh, we went and saw it. They like it. I call the agent. I left a message at nine o'clock, 8.30 in the morning, very early. Didn't hear back. So I called back at three in the afternoon. He answers. And I said, hey, I'm calling about such and such property. I have clients interested. We'd like to put an offer. I assume it's still available. And he said, nope, got an offer last night. And it's now sold conditional. I'm just waiting on the deposit. So I said, well, why, why wouldn't you have called me to tell me there was an offer that came in? Because I had shown it before that offer came in. And he's like, and he literally said, it is not my job to call and text everybody and tell them there's an offer. Word for word. It is. Exactly. It is your fucking job, buddy. So that was, I mean. Can you imagine being the seller? I know. And finding out that the person representing you didn't do anything to try and garner more interest, more offers. Right. So going back to the first example, so that, that guy, when I said, well, why didn't you call me? His excuse, which I hear a lot and drives me nuts, is, oh, our system's supposed to notify you, which first of all, it did not. But second of all, even if it did send an email, maybe it got stuck in my junk folder, or maybe I was busy all day and I hadn't had a chance to see my email in time to make a reasonable decision about whether or not we wanted to participate and send an offer. So I hate when people don't take responsibility and don't take the initiative to go out of their way and contact people, let alone this other guy that not only did he not have a system in place to notify people, he just didn't care. He was like, Oh, I got an offer. I've been on the market for three weeks. I just want to get this off my back, move on to the next deal. So what I'm waiting for, and it would not surprise me is if he represented the buyer because we see that a lot. Multiple representation causes people to do bad things in some cases. So it'll be interesting to see once the deal firms up who the buyer's agent was. Well, be careful when you say multiple representation because the definition of multiple representation is the same brokerage. But for for the mass audience that isn't a realtor that listens to the podcast or watches us, Yes, to clarify. Yeah, multiple representation uh, is defined by the same brokerage representing both parties, the seller and the buyer. So that's right. In our case, what I'm referring to is the same agent. Let me finish. So, so multiple representation can be anybody from the brokerage representing one party, and then somebody else from the same brokerage representing the other party. So in this case, like on, on our team, um, and, and there is a, a slang term, uh, which is called double ending, which means 
basically you, Adrian, are the listing agent. And now you, Adrian, also are representing the buyer. And in our belief, that brings up a little bit of a conflict of interest. Um, and that's what you're referring to. Well, not a little bit. I think it's a big conflict of interest. But yeah, so the media too. I mean, they, they've talked, especially in the past, has got a lot of attention. Uh, and so when the media talks about multiple representation, they're generally referring to one person representing multiple parties in a transaction. You know, it's funny that you, you mentioned this because the last two or three transactions that I was the actual uh, listing agent on... And I typically have a very, very open uh, communication style with our sellers because, you know, they have questions all the time, right? Whether it's six o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night, we'll get random text messages that say, hey, what about this? Or, hey, did you see this? Or whatever. And that's, that's fine. And I got a little agitated a couple of weeks ago because one of them, at, I don't know, it was like nine o'clock at night. I had been working now a 13, 14 hour day. And here I am navigating through three or four offers on their property and trying to get it sold that evening. I was already in my jammies. I had a glass of wine. You know, I was snacking on some potato chips. Life was good. And negotiating these deals, sitting in my office late at night. Well, doesn't he have the nerve of asking me, did you let everybody know that there is an offer? And, the, and your client, did. my client asked me. Kudos, and, kudos to them, though. So, so that's my point right now is I got agitated in the beginning thinking like my, my initial reaction. And of course, I didn't say this to them was, of course, I fucking called them. Like, let me do my job. Right, you must watch our podcast. <laughs> but then, actually, it does religiously. Um, but then I'm like, you know what? Good for him, double checking because you're paying me a lot of money to do it, and there are a lot of shortcuts out there and a lot of um, experiences where, like your experience now, where where the seller could be having to hold somebody accountable to doing their job. We happen not to be in that category but um so you know so so now i give that person a round of applause for you know just double checking but i'm pretty yeah. sure um that person had some not so good experiences in the past uh, yeah. and um and now after experiencing um having a good experience with our team i don't think i'll be double checked in future transactions with them but uh no but then if it's what i'm thinking of i think you end up doing quite well with that one so i think they're very pleased yeah so you know you have to as a consumer you just have to be aware of what's what's transpiring because well what was the price of those homes um one million and 1.1 lots of money you're talking about a million dollar investment it's not just your home which, by the way, you know, if it's your home, you love it, you care for it most of the time, you know, you've lived there, your family has grown up there, whatever, you know, you have a sentimental attachment to it, but it's also your biggest damn investment in your life. It's a million dollars. 
And how dare somebody represent a million dollar transaction and not, not get every penny possible. Well, and I wrote a blog a while back. I think it was actually maybe two years ago, a long time ago. Put Put a link, put a link to it in this description. I will. And the, the premise of it was an example of a, a deal that we had done at the time where we were, were representing the seller. And this house had been in the market for about 30 days or so. And we had ton, I think we had like 60 people through uh, just booked appointments. Plus we had held probably four or five open houses and had a, a lot of people come through there and sign up as well. Was that so we a property in Mississauga? I think I remember. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it was uh, in Meadowville. Uh, so we get an offer in. And um, this particular offer, I think it was about $100,000 under the asking price, somewhere in that range. So everybody's notified. Uh, I went out of my way, I called, I texted every single one of these 60 showings, each of those agents, plus people that came through open houses. We were able to get multiple offers. And instead of having that one offer for 100000 under asking, we ended up forty, almost 40000 over asking. So $140,000 spread. Whereas somebody that didn't take that initiative, maybe tried to go back and forth a little bit with the first offer, maybe ended up, you know, I don't know, somewhere under the asking price. But you're talking about, even with good negotiating on that offer, probably fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 spread. It's just as, as, a, as a licensed realtor in the province of Ontario, it is your fiduciary obligation to contact and let anybody know that has or expressed interest in the property in any capacity in order to ensure you are representing your client, the seller, in in the best capacity you possibly can. And by not contacting any interested parties, and when I'm saying interested, you, you show up to an open house, you're interested. You... Yeah. You DM uh, the realtor asking how many square feet is it? Potentially, you're interested. So, so you got to put it out there to to everybody that's expressed interest that yes, there is an offer now on the property. So, if you are interested and would like to make an offer on it as well, now is the time to do it because we are reviewing this offer at X time on X day, and we're going to give you that opportunity now. Even to the point where with us, uh, I mean, you've got open houses, you've got showings. And now in this day and age, you've got online inquiries, right? Social media inquiries. We get people, often dozens of people. I mean, the last, one of the last ones we did, which was your listing, I think we had like 70 people register for updates on that particular home. So they had provided us their email, their phone number, their name, and uh, expressed interest specifically in getting more information about that property. So as soon as the, an offer comes in, not only are all the real estate agents informed, all those people are informed. Because the last thing you want is for you to sell the house that night. And then two days later, one of those people inquires and says, Hey, sorry, I, I got busy. I was wondering if the home's still available. I'd love to come see it. It looks perfect. Right? Oh, no, sorry. It sold two days ago. Wow. And so, that, you know, that happens regardless, because you know, yes. the old adage, uh, you always want what you can't have. Um, 
So sometimes people are on the fence and they go, oh, but I wanted an upstairs laundry. It's too bad. The rest of the home is perfect. And yes. then, uh, two days later they go, okay, let's put an offer. Well, it's gone. Sorry. Yeah. But if at least giving them that opportunity to Correct. make an informed decision, right? Yes. So, and sometimes, um, especially if a home's been on the market for a little while, there's a lot of people that might just be sitting on the fence and kind of twiddling their thumbs and not, you know, being very indecisive. Well, and I think that happens a lot more frequently than people realize. And one thing that I always do with any buyers that I'm working in that scenario that, you know, the home has been on the market, let's say for a month and a month is not that long. It's higher than average now, but um, it's not that much uh, longer than average. So the home has been sitting on the market for a month and they say, okay, well, let's put an offer. It's been on the market for a month. It's listed at a million bucks. Let's go in at 900 and try and talk them down to whatever. We'll be happy at 950. And that's fine as an initial offer. But what I always say is don't be surprised if you end up competing against other offers once our offer is registered. Because now, if that realtor does their job, they're notifying anybody that has expressed interest and shown the property. And to your point, somebody might be on the fence and saw the property a couple of weeks ago. Nothing else has come up on the market. We don't know what their situation is. Maybe they've already sold their home or maybe they've been evicted from their property for whatever reason uh, that they were renting and they need to make a move. And, um, and maybe that's the push that they need, right? So they get this notification and they go, oh, well, there's another offer. I don't really want to lose this because there's nothing else on the market. Okay, let's put an offer in as well. And then all of a sudden, to your uh, example of that property in Meadowvale, um, all of a sudden you end up with multiple offers and people going, well, I'll go as high as a million forty or a million fifty. And, um, and, <laughs> And now you've got a bidding war on a home that's been on the market for 30 days. So, so that happens. And that happens more often than people recognize. That's right. So, I mean, that's really all I, I, I think it's an important conversation. And I think the biggest thing here and to, I think one of my goals is always in doing what we do with being very public with our podcasts and being active on social is just trying to raise the public's awareness of what sort of expectations to have of the level of service they should be getting uh, from real estate agents. So I challenge people, make sure, uh, like do what your client did, ask the real estate agent if they, before you make a decision, have you contacted everybody? Does everybody know there's an offer? It's funny too, because typically my process is I send the sellers a text message with a breakdown. I say, okay, I've got this offer. And here's what I'm now doing for the balance of the day, which yeah. includes informing anybody that has seen the property, blah, 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 blah. But because this home, it literally was listed 12 hours, not even, it was like six hours prior to the first offer coming in. I didn't have yeah. time, right? Like I didn't have time to do anything. I was, I was just trying to scurry and get, get as many offers as I can that quickly and get the price yeah. as high as I could that quickly. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, you got to do your due diligence and, 
And a lot of times I think when you're, when you're hiring a professional, whether it's a, a dentist, a lawyer, an accountant, a realtor, um, quote unquote professional, correct. Um, there's going to be warning signs, I think, early in, early in the process, like if their emails are, you know, if, if it at takes gmail.com, yeah, <laughs> bob at gmail.com, like, come on, invest the 20 bucks and get yourself a, a, a proper identity uh, for your email. Right. Um, I think one of the other problems too, is people, when they do hire professionals, they assume they are professional and they trust. Right. Oh, them. you're and a licensed realtor and, and that's it. Right. Or, or they, don't even, they don't even question their ethics and abilities. You're a dentist. You, you're paying $10,000 a month rent for that prime plaza location. And there's a big sign that says dentist. And there's a plaque on the wall that you went to school. That's, that's right. great. That's right. That's great. You must do a good job. Not all of us are alike. Well, it's just like how many people complain about doctors, right? Like, oh, I got to find a good doctor, right? Yeah, well, you got to find I a have. good realtor too. Absolutely. And good realtors don't come cheap. Good realtors no. are not going to be the cheapest. So no. you get what you pay for in life, folks. And I guarantee you those two examples that you gave where for sh- there was for sure money left on the table. And, um, but they probably saved money on commission. <laughs> the question is, where did, did they lose money? Cause there's probably a good chance that they, I've, I've monitored that you know, over the years, uh, and just kind of looked at what, how the transactions ended up. And I find that at a minimum, in most cases, it would have been the same. Um, but they would have probably had a much easier process and much quicker much like the home would have sold quicker and easier. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. At well, a minimum. If not more money in your pocket. Well, for sure. More money. I mean, you look at, um, and, and I don't want to speak for other teams or other realtors, but I look at our presentation of the listing and well, you look at 23 Macaulay drive. Okay. Yeah. And Again, it's sold in a day over asking, but forget the over asking part. It sold for $1,665,000. The most recent comparable home sold firm three days prior to us going on the market. I was waiting to find out how much that home sold for. It sold for $100 over asking. 1.4, something like that. 1,480,000. 1,480,000. It was listed at 1,479,900. And it sold for 1,480,000. We were listed for 1,649,990. And it sold for 1,665,000 for no conditions. That house, four doors down. So it sold for 185 for whatever, almost $200,000 less. It was 500 square feet bigger on the above grade floors, plus had a finished walk-out basement. Ours was unfinished and not a walk-out, and 500 square feet smaller above grade. 
and it's sold for 200k more than the bigger house. Oh, and this is the one where I, I was. Had, ref- I had three calls from people on that street, other owners, yeah. and yes. two of them. That's called, how you know you did a good job. Two of them called me specifically to say, how did you sell it for so much money? How did you do yeah. it? Because well, it, was a, rec- it was, sure. a record, was a record breaker oh. for the neighborhood. A lot of that one was the, that was what I was referring to when I was talking about all the preliminary registrations we had upwards of like 80 or something stupid like that. So that one was, I think, due uh, heavily and heavily in part due to the online preliminary coming soon ads that we did for sure. Online marketing. And then people registered for the VIP registry, uh, which gives them access to e-brochures, floor plans, advanced price notifications, um, a designated KT realtor to answer any questions. They went on there, they registered. So we had about 70 on there. We had over 30,000 clicks of the uh, photo album on Facebook alone. And within hours, and I mean, we're talking two or three hours of it being listed on the MLS. We had six showings. We had 11 showings that day. And three offers by um, by the following morning, and we wrapped yep. up the deal within a couple of hours that morning. So, you know, you do things right, and um, and it pays dividends. Uh, you hire the right people, pays dividends. So, anyways, a little off topic, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. This was no, it's, re- oh, it's all relevant. Or episode because one that's what four. happens when you do when you do it properly, like these people should have. That's what happens. AT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, go to our Instagram profile at Cormendi Trot. Click on the link in there. Lots of good stuff, but it also includes the free money savings tip guide. If you haven't downloaded it, it is a free download and it's a must read. If you did download it, I encourage you to go back and reread it because there's a lot of things now as we're coming through COVID or into the second wave or out of the second wave, whatever, six months later, after it was first published, um, go back and reread it and see if you have saved any money or if you haven't, we'd love to hear your feedback uh, if you did download it. And uh, we're going to throw some uh, links in the description, Adrian, for a past blog. And uh, make sure that's in there. Go ahead and subscribe. KTConfidential.ca on YouTube. Subscribe and follow us wherever uh, you are listening to this podcast. Thank you very much. We love you. Have a great week. Good chatting uh, with you, partner. Have a good day. You have a good day. Bye-bye.